Welcome to the Courage Coaching and Counseling Podcast with Savon Penn, licensed professional counselor here in Portland, Oregon. Wherever you're at in life, this podcast will inspire and encourage you to be more brave in life and take the next best step between where you are and where you want to be. Episode 22 of the podcast is with my friend Martin Torres. He's a worship leader here in the Pacific Northwest. He's a coach, and he's also the host of the Northwest Creatives podcast. In this conversation, we talk about his experience as a worship leader and a pastor and a creative and how that, uh, over the years, how he's worked with other church leadership and pastors. Uh, We talk about multicultural ministry here in the Pacific Northwest. We talk about the coaching that he does with with folks, uh, especially ministry leaders. And we talk about his uh, Northwest Creatives podcast. Uh, In the second half of the interview, we talk about how he dealt with anxiety and panic attacks. And uh, that the onset of those panic attacks happened kind of recently, later in life. And so it was really fascinating to hear how he dealt with that and how uh, some of the things that have really helped with him coping and managing anxiety and panic attacks. And we also talk uh, towards the end about forgiving yourself and being seen and the legacy that he wants to leave uh, in this world and, and in his extended family. So really hope you enjoy this interview with Martin Torres. All right, folks, welcome to another episode of the Courage Coaching and Counseling Podcast. Uh, my guest today is Martin Torres. Welcome, Martin, to the show. Oh, thank you for having me, Savan. I'm really, I'm really excited about our conversation and just getting to be a part of what what's what you're what you're doing. You know, yeah. I think this is great. Thank you. Um, uh, you are a, a pastor, a coach. That's it's a unique combination. You you also uh, are doing podcasting and help with several churches uh, in in Oregon and Washington. So I'm excited to talk to you about. Uh, where where courage has shown up in your life and in the lives of the people that you help. Yeah, 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 and um, yeah. As far as you know, the the whole pastor part. I mean, I would I would, I would kind of maybe say it as like a, a worship pastor who's you know um, kind of shepherding, providing pastoral care. You know, um, in everything that I do, pretty much. You know, um, but yeah, as yeah, and coaching. You know, it's it's really great to just kind of use that as a way to help creatives kind of find clarity, focus and momentum forward. And, um, you know, here in the Pacific Northwest, you know, and I'm still trying to um, build more on that, you know, um, get that out there. But yeah, there's a couple of things going on, you know, yeah. I'm sure we'll, we'll discuss in this yeah. conversation. Um, I, I'm, I'm cu- curious about uh, your, your, your work with, with creatives. Um, yeah. Uh, and uh, mu- musicians and, and artists, uh, because definitely uh, art and, and creativity re- requires a, a, a lot of bravery and, and courage. Um, but before we dive into your work as a coach, uh, can you share with our, our listeners a little bit about your background? Yeah, um, well, I am a uh, Hispanic, uh, Latino, uh, however you want to, but, but I grew up, uh, I was born in Naples, Florida. My parents were working, I believe, in the oranges. Um, mom was pregnant at the time, and, and um, she had me in Naples, Florida, and then they kind of went back home to the Lower Valley Yakima, where I was raised with the rest of my siblings. Um, it's um, a community of, of a lot of agriculture, like apples, hops, cherries, asparagus, you know, um, a lot of Latino because of that, you know, a lot of work there. And, um, and that's where I kind of, where I was introduced to the story of God. And, and I grew up in a Spanish Pentecostal church, eventually um, found my calling at the age of 14, uh, while filling in for a worship leader that uh, 
had not come back from a trip and I kind of stepped up. It was uh, scary. Um, but uh, as I owned it, you know, I just began to realize, wow, this is something I want to do more of. Um, and then I just started doing that more. And then eventually uh, in the same church, I would find I would um, get to know the love of my life, who uh, I've been married to for almost 21 years now. Um, and after the first year and a half, I felt like God was calling me to continue my training. Um, so we moved to Dallas, Texas, went to Christ for the Nations, um, moved to Mexico, Querétaro, Mexico for full-time ministry and as a worship pastor, uh, moved back to the States, went back to undergrad, to business school, graduate school, all while um, helping churches uh, just as a fill-in worship leader. Um, and we moved to Virginia Beach. And we made our, uh, we were there for a short while going to school and helping a church plant that met in a movie theater. And then we moved here 10 years ago to Portland, Oregon. Um, I'm the oldest of five siblings and um, all of our family, my side and my wife's, they're all in the Yakima Valley, except a, an aunt and uncle and a couple cousins of my wife's side that live here in Oregon. Mm -hmm. so, um, yeah. So you moved uh, to to Portland uh, for um, a ministry position? No, no. Uh, you know, it's it's that, that uh, <laughs> you know, when God's hand is over you and he wants you here. So you're there as long as he needs you there. And then all of a sudden he does this and you're like, I, something's happening. I think, hmm. I think we're moving again. Um, and, uh, and we, you know, I woke up early in the morning and I, and, you know, we were kind of, should we move back to Dallas, Texas? You know, we had a church there called Gateway Church. A couple of pastors there were mentors of mine and, or, you know, my wife said, what about Portland? And I was like, oh, we really don't know anybody in Portland. Uh, mm -hmm. It's closer to family, an hour and a half, two and a half hours away from Yakima Valley. Mm -hmm. So we just slept on it for a couple of days, woke up really early in the morning, like at four. And I told my wife, I, we're moving to Portland. So um, with the church's blessing that we were helping, we kind of, God always would provide finances for us. And we just moved to Portland. And I remember there's a prayer, a pastor said while we were, you know, when we were moving to Virginia Beach, Virginia, before we were there, we were in Dallas and we were talking on the phone and I, I will never forget this prayer. She goes, Lord, we thank you because you not only call us to a place, but you always call us to a people. So that's always my prayer, Lord. Who are these people you are calling us to here in Portland? Yeah. You know, what do they look like? What do they sound like? Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, and that's, you know, then we, you know, um, after two years, we ran into Joel, Joel Summers uh, of Access Covenant Church, you know, to kind of help build that uh, from ground up. And then, you know, but it's, it was, it wasn't kind of like we had an, a job opportunity, you know, um, it was just, God said, go. And we said, where? He said, over there. And we're like, okay. Yeah. yeah. So, so the, so the place uh, was the first answer. And then you found your people and you found out. Yeah. Like, exactly. What exactly. What he had for you. Yeah. And it's, and it always, it's, you know, the, and it's always been the right kind of pastor that we come alongside to partner with. And it just, oh, and all the things just fall in place. I think that's, that's how God works, right? Like, um, you know, and, and, you know, you're speaking about courage, you know, like every time we've moved 14 times. So it's yeah. like, Lord, give us courage, um, to be obedient. And, um, even when we can't see that far ahead, you know, you've never left us. You've never forsaken us. You've always provided for us. So help mm -hmm. us not doubt you help us to just believe that you are who you say you are, and you will do what you will say we do, that you will do. And, um, he's never failed us. And, um, you know, he's been, he's been so good to us, you know, yeah. and, uh, yeah. That's awesome, Martin. So you, you mentioned, uh, uh, partnering with, with pastors. I've, yeah. I've heard some, I've heard some horror stories. It doesn't always go smoothly. It, it always, it doesn't always seem like God's working it out. Um, yeah. what are some of the, the, the lessons you've learned to, to, make it work smoothly with pastors like as a worship in the, your role as a worship pastor like, yeah. how, how do you 
how do you make that go um go, go smoothly yeah well i i definitely believe i mean prayer um always you know um i remember there is there is a a friend of mine who was a pastor um in puyallup washington that we were visiting and there was a young and uh, a young marine who had just finished and is now back um with the rest of us you know and he was looking for a church and i remember i was sitting down with him one day and i'm that that sunday me as a guest and um and i go so what brings you here and he's like well i'm looking for a church i'm um you know and this is my first time visiting and of course i know my friend who's the pastor there and we've known each other for four years so you know i, I kind of got a good idea of like who he is and his heart and what he's all about and so i said i was curious you know, especially as a coach, you know, we're curious. So I just put my little coach on my hat on. I was like, well, what, what kind of church would that look like? You know, what are important qualities that a church should have you know, for you? And, you know, he kind of mentioned a couple things, you know, and um, I was like, well, I think you've arrived. You know, uh, my friends here have those qualities that you're looking for. And I think, mm. you know, what are qualities you look for in a pastor that, um, you know, and for me, it's always, I mean, just authenticity, you know, just this love for God and, and love for God's people. Um, and uh, um, which I think is really key. Does my wife feel the same way? You know, <laughs> that's really important too. There's been a couple of churches where I look at my wife, I'm like, eh, eh, what do you as, think? as much of you, as you guys have moved, you guys have to be on the same page. Yeah, yeah. It's, you, it's, you have each other. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Exactly. At the end of the day, we, we go back home to each other, you know, and we we got to make sure like we're, you know, we're in this together, you know, and um, yeah. And for, again, you know, going back to like qualities, you know, um, uh, is this is this somebody is this a person, you know, I can see myself liking, you know, like every day at every meeting at every service, like, is this somebody that I feel has something that can draw even out of me? things about me that um that i may not know that are there it's just somebody that i can really see myself that i can be honest with genuine transparent with uh, and sometimes some of these things kind of fall into play over time you know because you know you're, you're you're learning to build trust and you're learning to kind of find a rhythm that works for you and them um but at the end of the day i'm kind of partnering with their vision partnering with their leadership you know, for what God has placed in their heart. And every pastor, pastor except maybe one, no, maybe two, two, uh, where um, it was not a really great experience. Um, um, because over time, you know, there was just something there where it's just like, ooh, that's not healthy. Um, why am I, you know, there was just this struggle where, um, yeah, and it was in a different country, and so uh, some cultural but, things, maybe. Yeah, yeah, but it—I'll tell you one thing: it opened our eyes, and it helped. It was an opportunity for God to grow us and to grow our perspective, and and um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I would say definitely say, man, be praying. You know, uh, God, who is this? Who are these people that you're calling us to to part? you know, to be a part of and to partner with, you know, and, and do we believe in the vision? Um, you know, what's that first impression that we're getting, you know, pay attention to those things. Is my wife in agreement, you know, and it doesn't have to be something right away, you know, just bring it back to God and say, God, you know, what do you think? You know, um, you know, the qualities that we're looking for in a church, it's multicultural. We want it to be, you know, a, a place where, you know, um, that has, you know, that has good practical relevant teaching, you know, um, for us, it was those two things that it was multicultural and, you know, that the teaching, you know, um, was practical and relevant and, um, yeah, especially in seminary, you know, you know, the Savant, you know, um, we've, we've been a part of so many different kind of under so many teachers and in, in, in seminary. And so um, I was kind of like, I don't want, I want something very practical, very relevant, someone that's likable and approachable, you know, and I think we've arrived, you know, since it's been like almost six years at New Hope, you know, they have those qualities and 
we believe in what we're, what they're doing and uh, it's exciting and it's, it's, it's family now, you know, and um, we've mm. shared a lot of tears. Uh, we, we, we've shared a lot of opportunities of serving together and seeing people's lives uh, affected in such an incredible way, you know, and um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just, yeah. Be, be, uh, earlier before, before we, we hit record, you were sharing uh, some of the, the new th uh, things, uh, the changes uh, with your church. Could you share a little bit about uh, uh, your church and, and also a, a little more your, your thoughts on multicultural uh, church or ministry, especially in, in Portland, Oregon? Yeah, yeah. Well, I will tell you this. Moving here in Portland, Oregon, I've never seen so much at least when I, when we were helping with the church, that was a kind of like multicultural, right. And um, so much interracial families, and, you know, and it's such a beautiful thing to see. We got friends that are from Guatemala, married to a girl who's white, half Cantonese. We got a friend of mine that's, you know, he's, she's uh, from Argentina and he's like Filipino and, you know, they have these beautiful children and just incredible families. And we're like, whoa, we're, I think we're, I think we're the only ones married to the same kind of culture. Me and my wife, I feel, <laughs> I feel like we're out of place, you know, but um, it's such a beautiful thing to see here in Oregon because there's so, I think we need more multicultural churches. Um, and, uh, and I think it's happening, you know, and I know there's a lot of churches out there that I may not know about, but um, you know, God is definitely bringing pastors who have a heart for uh, a church that's full of different colors and languages. And, um, that's who we're called to be, and it's a beautiful thing when you get to see it firsthand. Um, our church, um, since transitioning, I mean, we've always been a multicultural church. Um, I think before this transition happened, and I started getting involved and just saying, you know, hey, how can I help the vision? How can I just participate and contribute with what you guys are doing? Um, I remember the first day they asked me to pray if I'd be okay with praying in Spanish. And uh, it was normally when I lead worship, you know, um, before we break and say hi to each other and then before the sermon. And I remember I would pray in English and then pray in Spanish. And um, this one lady came up to me at the end of the service and she wrote on a piece of envelope and she gave it to me and then she left. And and I still have it on my, my, my fridge. And um, she said, I had just come back from my, my home country. I, think, I don't think it was Colombia or Honduras. And she said, this was the first time I had ever heard my own language in our church. Mm. And it was such a beautiful thing to kind of like, wow, I mean, this church has been here for a long time. Uh, but Pastor John had been here for like, like for four or five years already. Um, and uh, but it was just one of those things where it's just like, man, I'm just so grateful that we are the kind of church that are taking, you know, the right steps steady, but surely and, and where, you know, where everyone can feel inclusive, you know, eventually, you know, we'll have different other languages. But um, another time, um, one of our members came up to me at the end of the service, and she had met somebody who was like in his 60s, and he was a Latino. And she was telling me when he came to church that morning, that they were talking amongst themselves and saying, you know, hey, there's really nobody that, you know, that looks like me, you know, or sounds like me, you know. And then all of a sudden, that just happens to be the day where I'm leading worship again, and they want me to say a prayer in Spanish. Wow. And she told me when that was happening that she looked to him, yeah. and she said, he looks like you, <laughs> and he sounds like you too. Mm. You know, and I'm just like, I'm so grateful that I get to hear those kind of stories because, you know, um, yeah, and just to be a part of what God is doing at, you know, at uh, New Hope. And and now we are a little bit bigger church because we've adopted uh, Mount Scott Church of God. And they have now become New Hope. And they brought a Spanish ministry with them, with Pastor Omar. And, and now we have a Spanish ministry. And it's, it's surreal because it's been since 2003 where I was a part of an all-Spanish speaking church. And now, like... I mean, it's not yeah and now we i'm a i'm leading worship at our spanish service and i'm like oh my god and, and we're singing you know every once in a while we're singing those those spanish songs you grew up with i'm like oh my god, i feel like i'm a 
10 year old again, you know, and like, wow. And um, so while this transition is now happened and we're now one church, it's been such a joy partnering with Pastor Omar and just saying, you know, how can we be partnering with you and what God is doing through the Spanish community at our church and and just to just to make sure that he feels supported and uh, that he's not alone and we're in this together. It has been such a such a blessing. And um, we're really excited for all that God has in store for um, uh, other ministries that uh, God is doing um, and what he has yet to do. It's it's neat during a really hard year uh, worldwide, um, but, but also like in the life of many churches, you, you, you guys combined forces and, and grew. Yeah. I know it's, it's a God thing, you know, and, and uh, yeah, yeah. And, and that's because it took almost a year of just leasing a place that we're still leasing because we're now like renovating, getting things, you know, the building ready and just kind of, but it's been such a joy just to kind of finally be together, uh, being able to get together, um, you know, um, you know, getting to see people, uh, keeping our distance, but just being able to talk to them in person has just been such a joy. And, mm-hmm. you know, every service, we just feel like our hearts are full because, you know, we get to just see how we're doing and um, get to be together. Yeah. Nice. Nice. So the, um, you, you, you've, you've got years of, of experience uh, working uh, in the church. Uh, can, uh, can, can you share a little bit about how you um, uh, got involved in, in coaching? Coaching. I was in the grad program at Regent University in Virginia Beach, Virginia. And um, Dr. Joseph Umidi. Um, was overseeing the coaching program. I think he might've just taught one coaching course, if I'm not mistaken, and I took it. And um, the more I was like, just kind of taking it in, I realized something like, wow, this is, I've never approached ministry this way where, you know, we, we, we grow up, at least in my experience, we're like, you know, that hero complex, well, this is what you should do. You know, this is what, you know, and, but this was like a whole different way of kind of ministry where like practicing the, the ministry of just being fully present, you know, and kind of helping them navigate um, not with suggestions or answers, but kind of asking the right kinds of questions to help them uh, see things from a different perspective and helping bring out their best um, self to this situation. And it's, it's, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, and it was at first, it was like, wow. Uh, you know, it's like somebody throwing a wrench in what your, your, the norm is in mm-hmm. kind of two what, what you're used to. Yeah. Then what I'm used to, and I'm like, okay. it took me back and, and mm-hmm. for a bit and the more you know and even then the beginning was a little rough just because the inside of me was just like <laughs> trying to get used to this new way of of being fully present the, the, the pastor side of you yeah exactly I you know, pre- and, wants to preach or, or yeah and, yeah, and uh, yeah. um my first coaching book was jane creswell and i think hey, for, uh, for for listeners can you uh share Jane, yeah, Jane Creswell, uh, I think um, her book on Christ-centered coaching, and that blew my mind. It was just like, this made so much sense, mm-hmm. like why this ministry of coaching is so important, because, you know, one thing, and it'll tie into like, you know, what, what I've been passionate about lately, um, uh, later on in the interview, but people want to feel seen. You know, people want to feel understood. Um, um, people want to feel uh, supported, um, seen, heard, um, seen, heard, understood, and supported. And I think coaching is such a is such a great way to help people feel seen and heard and understood, and allowing them to be able to speak and hear themselves. Um, 
you know, and, and people are so resourceful, more resourceful, more resourceful than they think they are, you know, and if we just give them the opportunity for them to just, you know, speak out loud and have an opportunity in space, a safe space where they can experience those things. I mean, at the end of these kind of conversations, I mean, they feel like they can own it. They have something in place, you know, where, you know, they have that clarity, they have that confidence themselves, they have that focus. And all we did is just, just help them feel seen, help them feel heard and understood and supported, you know? And, and I'm like, whoa, like this transcends in so many other areas of my life as a leader, as a musician, as a, you know, as a, you know, providing pastoral care and like, you know, especially in a culture of today where it's just, we don't have time for that. We don't have time to feel seen, heard and understood. You know, we, we just want to like, we just want to put up another quote, you know, it's like, whether like, how is that, how is that quote like resonating with you? Like, that's what I want to know. I, I think that's a great quote, but like, I want to know how, receiver, how it impacts yeah yeah and i think we need to have more of those kind of conversations and um because yeah even today you know there's 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 a there's a an, um i remember i was asking this one young adult you know how, how have you been i've been good well, what's been good about it you know highlight what, what have been some highlights for you i really want to know you know and and mm -hmm. people aren't used to the follow-up no, yeah, and they're just, they just don't know how to do with that much, like, mm -hmm. someone being fully present and actually yeah. really yeah. caring, like, yeah. I really want to know, you know, and um, I think, I think, like, sometimes in that moment, like, you are maybe even more curious than they are. Yeah. Right? Like, like, your, your desire in that moment is to be fully present to that person. I think we're walking around uh, very often not fully present to ourselves. Mm. And so sometimes uh, a, a coach or, or carving out time, slowing down to consider these, what is going on with me? Um, it is, is, uh, is, is a shift from the, the rhythm, uh, the pace that we're going at these days. That's so true. Uh, that, that connection, having it's, a connection, <laughs> yeah. actually answer that question. It's like saying, you know, um, hey, uh, we owe it to ourselves to give ourselves permission to slow down. You know, I mean, do you believe you deserve this, this space, this time? Like, what's at risk if I don't slow down? <laughs> you know? mm -hmm. What's at risk if I don't have someone to share? these, these things in my life, um, that need to get out these things that need to be said. And, you know, um, and to, you know, I think as for me, who've I've, I've been coached in, you know, with different kinds of people, you know, especially some of our coaches who are trying to get hours to get their certificate and they're like, Hey, Martin, you, can I coach you? I go, yes, you can, you yeah. know, <laughs> A free coaching. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> Bring it. <laughs> so it, it has all been need it. Yeah. Exactly. And it's just been so comforting to, and, and such encouraging meant for me to just um, have that space where I can feel seen, feel heard and understood and supported. And also at the end of it all, just to feel like, wow, this plan that I have now just came out of me and came from me. And this is the plan and I have accountability and like, I can do this. And um so yeah, I mean, coaching is such a powerful tool in whatever kind of professional platform, you know, um, we use it in. And um, I'm grateful yeah. I've stumbled across it and to have, um, you know, to use it and, and still be, and still learning how to be better at it um, here in the Pacific Northwest. Yeah. So what are, um, what are the, the, the issue or issues what are some of the things that you're coaching folks in well um with coaching with martin you know dot com it's it's all about you know leading creating and performing like we were meant to like what are things that are keeping us 
from leading, creating, performing with confidence. And I think um, one of them is support, you know, um, a lot of teams that I've been uh, helping, you know, during our, during the green room or during breaks before the next service, you know, once in a while we have conversations about, you know, just self-confidence and, um, and um, support, like what kind of support do they need? Um, and what does that look like here right now? And what could it look like? What would you want that to look like moving forward in order for you to, you know, grow or develop this skill, whether it's worship leading or as a musician, um, you know, this last church that I was at, um, you know, there's musicians that are just, just needing support, you know, uh, and, and um, like this one musician, you know, he's a guitar player and um, all it takes is like, you know, because I'm an extrovert and for me talking, it, it comes easily and just meet, meeting people I may not know, I've never met. I, I talk to them like if I've known them forever. So uh, I think that's a benefit, to, to an advantage for me, but um, just kind of helping people feel seen and like, hey, you know, what is one thing that you would like to improve in? Um, and well, here's, here are some ways. Uh, if you want, we can definitely do a Zoom and I can share some techniques um, with you. Um, I think the biggest thing is feeling supported, feeling like you can, like there are people here who actually want to help develop you more. Um, because as leaders, sometimes we can feel like we either don't have time for that because we're also, we also have other things going on uh, in our lives. Um, but as a coach is just taking those moments, like it can be 15 minutes of just kind of breaking that down. Um, you know, what do they want? Um, what does support look like? And um, what do you need? What do you have to do in order for you to get that? And how do you envision that um, going um, as it comes together, you know? Mm -hmm. But at the end of it all, I was like, so what do you want to do? Yeah. What do you want to do it by? Helping them be clear on, on their goal, but then um, encouraging them to, to, to take action. What are you gonna do? Yeah, what are you gonna do? Yeah. When are you gonna start? Mm -hmm. You know? Mm -hmm. yeah. And then it's over, and then we go up to the stage and start leading worship again. <laughs> yeah. 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 So so just even even in, in uh brief moments be in, in a green room, you're you're like you you're in coach mode. <laughs> Pastor and coach is it's it's like it's really like overlaps for you. Yeah, it's it's yeah. There's moments where there we can you know put the the coach hat on, and there's moments where you know we can be talking about how to be a better you know how how to have a better uh, impact as an uncle, you know, with somebody else who is an uncle to nephews and nieces, you know. And um, here's what I'm doing, you know. These are things that I have in place that I can take advantage of, and and um, yeah. So you know, very heart to heart moments, and it sometimes leads to having coffee on another, you know, um, outside, you know, and, um, talking more about it. And, uh, but mostly it's just those moments that we have in the green room, uh, or, you know, after the service where we just get to connect and, you know. So, uh, speaking of talking more about it, um, you've got a podcast. Can you, can you uh, tell us about your podcast? Yeah, uh, the podcast is called Northwest Creatives Podcast. Um, it's, uh, uh, we call it, you know, let me see here, um, sharing our stories and inspiring one another. And that's pretty much what it is. Um, we get an opportunity to meet creatives here in the Pacific Northwest and give them an opportunity for them to share their story with the hopes that there are other like-minded creatives who may be wondering how to be a worship leader more equipped, how to be a better graphic designer, how to be a film director, you know, and really kind of introducing the Pacific Northwest to their very own creatives that might be just down the street. And um, hopefully that their story will inspire them to um, uh, take the next steps. You know, um, I grew up in a family where I didn't have, I'm sure you did too. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm 41, so we didn't have YouTube, you know. Uh, um, 
I, I was like the only musician. We, we, we only had four TV channels. <laughs> I, you know, I didn't know what books to read. I didn't, we didn't have podcasts, YouTube. So um, I didn't know who, yeah, I didn't know, you know, like how to grow as a musician or how to grow as a worship leader. So this podcast is kind of like, you know, reaching out to people who don't have family who don't know how to support them, not because they don't want to, they just don't know how. Maybe they're the only graphic designer in their family or the only person in their family that wants to be a film director or, uh, uh, um, you know, a dancer or, you know, building computers. I don't know. But um, we want to be able to provide um, inspiration through story and uh, also, you know, to give an opportunity for these creatives to you know, have exposure for the, you know, for what they're doing and um, mm-hmm. Pacific Northwest. And um, it's been pretty exciting. I get to make a new friend. Uh, and also I, in the same time, I get to be inspired by them and God's just reminding me like how creative he is. And um, yeah, Pacific Northwest is full of creatives with incredible stories. And uh, yeah, and we get to do that through Northwest Creatives. Podcast. Yeah. So this, yeah. this, this podcast isn't just for, for folks in, in ministry. No, no, no. It's, it's, it's open to all creatives. You know, um, if you're a creative, I want to hear about your story. Um, yeah, because, you know, every, no matter who you are, where you come from, we all have a story to share, you know, and, um, and I want to, yeah, yeah. And some are going to be, you know, you know, Christians and some, uh, may not be Christians, but part of it all is just to, you know, um, stories matter, you know, and um, right. all creativity comes from the one who is the creator. Uh, I think it's, um, uh, who is it? His name is, I got it right here. Uh, he says something that's pretty great. Uh, Rich Kirkpatrick, he says, we create because it, it is who we are as image bearers of an amazing creator. And um yeah yeah i think yeah yeah i think i'll just leave it at that i just think everyone has a story to share and um there's inspiration in 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 all stories you know yeah yeah and we 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 definitely yeah i'll just just i'll just say that Uh, well uh, i i'm curious martin where would you describe you uh where you are in your story? Yeah, it's a great question, Salon. Um, I am in a place where there's a lot of opportunity to now invest more time and energy that things about in things that give me joy in life. Um, my marriage, um, my family, um, um, coaching, uh, creating, uh, and you know this podcast. Um, so now that I have a, a better work schedule, and and I'm not on staff at our church, which you know gives me opportunity and flexibility to help other churches. Um, but I feel like. I feel like I have this, 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 um, I don't want to say release or permission, but I think I'm in, in a better, healthier place where now I have no excuse to just really let myself go in the sense of giving myself, giving more time to these things, mm-hmm. because there's just so much in me, Savan, that I'm like, I've been putting on hold. Um, there's things that I've been just almost feel like I've been like, it almost seems like I'm in it, like in a cave and there's just a little light just, you know, at a desk and all you see is the, my back and I'm just kind of just like, (laughs) just creating. And I'm like, is now the time God, is this the time, you know? And, and, Mm. and I feel like I'm in the season where I feel God saying, you ready? Mm. Let's go. You're, so, you're, you're in a new season and you're just getting started. And, you know, as a 41-year-old, um, I feel like 
I have, I have to be more, I'm trying to be very careful with where my energy and time goes. Um, and, and I want it to be very like, I want to have, I want it to have the, the, the greatest impact it can have and and whether it's being the best uncle to my nephews and nieces and being very intentional to I'm creating this resource for songwriters and it's like 95% done. The meat and heart of it is done. It's just the promotional part and just putting myself out there and like, this is a creative resource for creatives and I can't wait for it to bring value and to help you become a better storyteller. Um, and, and with this podcast, just kind of, I need to like already have a list of people for the next month, the next two months and just schedule it and get it done. And, and um, yeah, so in this season of my life, I'm, I'm, I'm just giving myself permission to just create and, sh- and release and, and, and be intentional in, 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 in everything that I do. I think it was Craig Rochelle, um, the creator of the Bible app, uh, uh, one of the Bible apps, and he says, it's not so much about working hard, but managing our energy smarter. And that's what I'm trying to do, Savant. I'm, I'm just trying to be, okay, there's no more excuses. Um, I just feel like this release, uh, I have a great, awesome wife who's there, who's supporting me. Um, I have a great church that's there and lets me serve and, and, and contribute um, in, 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 uh, in wonderful ways. Um, but now it's like, as a 41-year-old, I'm like, okay, all right, what are you waiting for? Let's go, let's go, let's do it. And, and um, let's, let's be a blessing to the world, to our community, to our family, to our friends, to creatives. And, and um, you have everything you need, you know? And um, so do it. And that's what I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I have... You were talking about courage and being brave. I feel like I'm braver this season of my life. I'm, I have more courage this season of my life. And it's not so much about waiting for people's confirmation, affirmation. It's just believing in myself enough. Like I have something to share with the world and it's unique and it's nothing like anybody else. And I have a story to share and I have something that I believe can bring value and contribute in a way that be a big blessing for people and um so what are you waiting for martin just mm. do it yeah. yeah yeah it's it's so so awesome to, to hear you confidently say that and get to that point um at, at 41 like i i just turned 50 uh last year and man i i i wish i, I was more confident at 40, 41. Um, so it, awesome to, to, to just dream and, and think of, of what's ahead uh, for you. Yeah, yeah. And uh, this last year and a half, maybe two years of, two years have definitely been the toughest and the most scarce seasons of my life. And, mm-hmm. but it was, <laughs> beauty out of ashes <laughs> you know, you know uh, yeah and I think you know a little bit about you know uh, those things that I was dealing with as a creative as a human as a husband as a man as a child of God and you know I was just scared for my life and I've never had that ever happen to me and uh, what I'm talking about is panic attacks and um, nobody in my family's ever had them and they just what is this and doctor says I'm good. You you all had to learn. Yeah. Went, went through. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and um, it was the scariest season of my life, but it was also mo- the most eye-opening, um, uh, community-loving, um, um, freedom-releasing, you know, uh, that I've ever experienced. And I think it definitely needed to happen. Um, so that I can kind of stay, you know, you're talking about slowing down, Savan. Yeah, what, what, what did you have to change? <laughs> mm. 
I had to, as I slowed down and I really looked at my whole life, I had to make a journal and I wrote down, these are brings me joy in life, but all these other things, you know, that can sometimes be a good thing too. Um, we're bringing frustration, worry, concern, fear. And I had to go, okay, God, help me to know what to do with this. How do I have more of these other things in my life and what are, how can I minimize? And it can be practical things like bills, but it also, you know, like education, not finishing, you know, at a certain age, you know, um, it can be releasing of the past. Uh, it can be things that weren't accomplished. And I really started bringing these to Jesus and like, Jesus help me to find freedom, help me. And to do that, I had to really forgive myself for a lot of little things, you know, even when I was a little kid, just thinking about as, as far back as I could and confronting it and bringing it before Jesus and saying, you know, what, Jesus, I know you already forgave me for these things, mm. but I had to hear myself, forgive myself, mm. you know, and even then things, even things when you were little, right? Yeah. Like I, will say, I, don't, I don't have no shame saying this out loud. I remember I had my little Dotson dog. His name was Chico. I would, I, he's okay. Nothing bad happened to him. You know, he, uh, he lived a good life. Uh, but I remember when I was a little kid, teenager, like maybe like a, like a 13 year old, I put him in the freezer for like five seconds just to see, you know, and I was like, and then I took him out and then I thought it was silly. Right. I, I'm, I'm the most loving dog person on the face of this earth, you know, um, but I didn't realize like that was one of those things that came up during this panic attack. And I'm like, Martin, um, I forgive you for, you know, and I, there's just some things in my life I had to forgive myself for. Like, you don't need to hold this over your, you know, over your, over your head anymore, you know? And yeah, that sucked. And that was not a good thing to do, you know? Um, but he's okay. And, and, but you know what? God forgave you. You know, so going back as far as I could, you know, even times with my little brothers and my my, my friends and just um, so there was a lot of that self-reflection, self-forgiving. Um, and then there was this. Um, got lost there for a moment. Uh, really reminding myself, like, about expectations. Sometimes I just put too much expectations on me. You know, and it just like, these are things that I don't think, you know, God even asked me to pick up, you know, being so hard on myself. Well, you know, you, you got thrown into the deep end of the swimming pool when you're 14. Um, yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and, and every time we, me and my wife are going through this book called the four laws of love by Jimmy Evans. It's such a great book. And every time we go through a chapter, we come to realize how unprepared we were. And you know, um, and how under how 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 uh, old were you guys when you got married? I was my wife's like, I was twenty one. My wife is twenty three, and um, every time we, you know we read a chapter, like man, we really didn't have a whole lot of tools, you know. And and going back to that whole what, what I've been passionate about, like being an intentional uncle, uncle, like how can I partner with my sisters and my brothers like I want them to be successful and I want them to have a healthy life and I want them to have as many tools in their possession as they can because life can be hard relationships can be hard and um and and being intent you know I didn't have a whole lot of uncles wanting to be in my life for some reason you know they were in their own world so I didn't I don't quite know what that was like but I said to myself, but I want to be that uncle that's in their lives, not just at baseball games, basketball games, but I want to be able to, you know, intentionally, you know, challenge them, you know, as they're being exposed to the world with things they say, things that they do and really challenge them to help them, you know, see the world from a different perspective, um, but also give them tools. Uh, and one of the things that I've been doing is Snapchats every a lot of kids are on Snapchat these days. So you get a minute to record something. So I created two groups, one for my side of the family, nephews and nieces, and another one for my wife's side of nephews and nieces. And I pick one word. And this last word that we talked about was words. You know, words are powerful. 
Mm. You know, the average person speaks 7,000 words, um, you know, and, and, um, and we put that out there in the world. And most importantly, we, we put that out on, on people's lives. Like it really has a real effect on people's lives. And, and I, I take that one minute to just share a little bit of insight. And at the end, I, I end it with some questions to kind of help them. Like, how do people feel around you when you speak? You know, how are you using right. your words to bring care and to bring understanding? Um, yeah, and then just kind of like, okay, Lord, I'm entrusting, because I can only do so much as an uncle living nice. two and a half hours away. But if this is one creative way mm-hmm. I can be in their lives and I hope they listen to it and whether I'm trusting that something will resonate, um, but I got to make this count. I only get to be an uncle once. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, this is part of the legacy you want to leave. Yeah, Living yeah. Nieces and nephews. Yeah, Uncle Martin. Yeah. Uncle in your life, you know, that cares, that's there. And maybe one day, you know, when they're old enough, they, they'll know that me and my wife are, 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 are the kind of people that, that want to hear about their struggles and wants to hear about, you know, their doubts and, and questions, you know, like we intentionally want to be, we want to help them feel seen, mm-hmm. feel heard understood and supported and they know that uncle Martin and aunt Vosti are the types of individuals that that they can be safe around to to be vulnerable and to be angry and and to like you know have questions of their own as they become into their own little individuals with with you know stories and, and dreams and desires and hopes you know? yeah. So, so, yeah so awesome so awesome Martin the um yeah, I, I, I love that. I, and if, if not every minute uh, yeah. resonates, um, but, but, but some of them will. Um, and, and, and just the fact that you're, you're there doing that, um, you're there for them. That, 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 that's just amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, one thing before, you know, um, one thing that was really helpful too during just going back to that a whole you know those seasons of my life where I just felt vulnerable and scared. I think with scripture, it was such a wonderful moment to go back to the word of God and um and just to remember, like Lord, uh I know I don't have to be afraid because your word says that perfect love cast out all fear. Lord, I know I know I'm not alone, for your word says that you are with me and for me and you would not forsaken me lord your word said you know just kind of bringing back the word of god in front of me and reminding myself my soul my heart my mind and my body like Mm. you know um god this is what you said and i'm choosing to to embrace that again and to trust that you are good that you are faithful that you are present and there's Mm -hmm. time savan because of this my body was manifesting where I just felt like an elephant was on my chest and I was like, am I dying? Or are you going to die? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I couldn't even look at cars. I had to look up because I would just have another anxiety attack. And, but I remember after the doctor, my blood pressure was good. My oxygen levels were good. I, I know this was like, a, 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 yeah, I just had to like take longer walks and be like, touch my arm and be like, Hey, you're good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you know, you're good. And like, um, be still my heart and know that the Lord is, is with us and for us. And he's God, be, be still my mind, you know, and I would go through Psalms of David. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, mm-hmm. this just became a lot more real for me in those moments where he feels yeah. like he's scared, you know? Yeah. It, 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 the, you, you reread it with, with a different lens, having gone through that experience. Yeah, yeah. And it's a man, it's fear is a real thing, you know. Um, but uh, I think it's Elizabeth Gilbert, um, one of her ta- uh, talks, you know, she talks about, you know, fear is a real thing. And it's a good thing that we acknowledge fear. But we also, it's good to also put fear in its place, you know. And it's like, you know, you are real, like, <laughs> you are real. Um, but you know, um, you're going to have a seat in the back seat and you will not have access to the steering wheel, 
to the the gears to the lights you know you're going to stay in the back and and know your place and um and uh but i think fear is also a good thing i mean what's uh, the uh even scripture talks about um um, um is the first sign of wisdom fearing god is the you know uh, is a man full of wisdom i don't think that's exactly how it goes but um yeah the, the fear of the lord is the beginning of wisdom thank you Solon. you know and uh yeah and it, it really reminded me of, of that scripture but also like okay what are things that i need to let go of and what are things that i need to embrace what are things that need to be put in their place and what are things um that god is wanting me to receive and embrace as i surrender and trust and um and i think that experience along with my wife's surgery and that whole recovery experience and turning 41 <laughs> i don't know but i just feel this sense of like more confidence more freedom more peace more joy every day i go to work savan mm. 10 minutes before i go into my work i'm setting the tone man i'm like god I'm just thanking him, but I'm also surrendering my hopes and dreams and desire, desires, but I'm also surrendering my, my fears, my worries, my concerns, my frustrations, my weaknesses, things that are out of my control. And God, it all belongs to you, Lord. It all truly belongs to you and help me to trust you again. Help me to- You're putting it in its place. Yeah. Yeah. You know, all of I, those things, even the good things, the hopes and dreams and expectations. And, I, and, and saying thank you for things I don't have, you know, and every time I walk into those, I have a part-time job at Office Depot. Wonderful, wonderful community I get to work with. And, and, and um, one of my coworkers says, are you ready, Martin? And I'm walking through the doors just ready to like, I got my badge and everything. And I go, oh, that's not the right question. She goes, what do you mean? I go, are my customers ready for me? <laughs> you know, because I, I'm ready just... <laughs> To, to be someone people want to be around, where people feel alive, where people feel seen, heard, understood. You know, like, it's not just when I put my coaching hat on, but just the way I am. And I want people um, uh, to have joy and peace and hope. And there's this guy uh, who wrote that book, Emotional Health, not Emotional Health, that's Peter Scazzera, but uh, Emotional Intelligence 2.0. Mm -hmm. And he writes these quote little blogs on LinkedIn, incredible. Um, and he says, compassion, compassion, com no, no, is it compassion? No, charisma, sorry. Charisma, what is the definition of charisma? It's not so much about people liking you, but people liking themselves when they're around you. Mm -hmm. and, um, and I'm like, Lord, help me to be someone like that. Yeah. People feel like they like themselves. They can be not so hard on themselves that they can their story matters that they can make a difference today that you know um help me to be that kind of person again today lord as i trust and surrender and i i i think it, you know that that phrase like a non-anxious presence it, yeah. it, it has been popular in in portland for the last couple of years um uh but but you just you just like help me see that in in a different way it's not just about me not being anxious but is my presence helping other people not be anxious, you know, yeah. and, and are we bringing peace? Um, uh, and you know, God's, God's care, God's grace, God's love, um, wh wherever we show up. Um, yeah. And you know, when we do that, that, and when we do that, be ready because people are drawn, you know, to you in the sense of people start sharing things, you know, like, I have this one kid, he's a, um, his name is Jordan. He just turned 18, he got the job. And I've never had a young kid come up to me. He goes, hey, Martin, you got, you got, a, uh, you got a word for me today? And I'm like, what? He goes, you're a Christian, right? And I go, yeah, yeah. Um, after hearing the way you are, um, I'm expecting every day or every time I see you, I, I want a word from you. I want to learn something from you. And I'm like, what? This is like, this is awesome. Can you like rub off on all my nephews and nieces and, and all my, you know, um, but so I've included him in my, my life oh, lesson. I, I was going to say, like, again, you are ready. <laughs> are you ready for me? Because I've been doing Snapchat for a minute. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
when I told him about life lessons with Martin, he goes, dude, can you add me to that group so that I can like, you know, and I've had managers, um, just mm. people just feel like they can, when it slows down, you know, it's slowing down in the business that day, but mm. people are opening up their lives because mm. people are feeling seen, heard, understood, and supported. And I think that's how Jesus was. Jesus was somebody who, who lived that kind of life where people just didn't have to question it. They just wanted to be around him and, and they just, because of how they felt around him. And, um, and that's not a, uh, so much of a, of a spiritual gift thing. That's not so much about, I mean, that's just a human need, right? We all want to feel seen, heard, understood, supported as a human need. Like we, we're screaming for that desire, like, and people are looking like, where, where can I go? Who can I trust my heart with? And like, I don't even need an answer. I just need to like vent or I just need somebody to share this with, you know? And um, so, yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, I'm ready. And uh, every day I'm like, I'm ready. And the, the just something, it's not like I wasn't that individual, but it, just something where I just feel so confident and I'm sure of myself that Jesus is the way, the truth and life. And, and with words or without words, you know, um, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and that's who I try to be, you know, um, without degrees or no degrees in a building, church building, no church building, you know, um, in the lights or uh, outside, you know, in the back, you know, just, I just want people to see Jesus and, um, and he, he, he should, you know, they, they see Jesus, you know, um, and are drawn to him. And I don't know why we make it so hard. I don't know why we make, why is it so hard to see Jesus and know Jesus? I'm not talking about you know, John three sixteen. you know, I'm not talking about like quoting scripture or quoting, you know, a passage or, or you know, just, just at a human level, like it's, it's not that hard. And it took, you know, maybe this panic attack of getting over myself and these false expectations, or maybe needing to forgive myself, or maybe just being able to cry with my pastors non-controllably in front of them for like almost two hours and just letting them love on me, you know, and, uh, um, but I'm convinced that, that he's real and his love is real. His hope is real. Um, and every time I'm around people, I just, I just, I just love being around people. That's just, who I am and getting to hear their stories and, and uh, just be in awe of how God is at work, you know, in ways that in details and how exciting to be alive and to be a part of what he's doing, you know, how exciting to be on this podcast, just to, you know, just to be a part of what he's, how he's doing that, you know, in these interviews and these conversations. And um, yeah. Thank you. Thank you, brother. Yeah, I, um, I, I, I see you. I yeah. hear you. Yeah. I understand. I feel understood. And thank you for supporting me. Thank you for supporting our listeners. I'm glad. Um, I'm glad for this season for you. Thank you for coming on, Martin. Yeah, yeah. Um, thank you for having me and just giving me an opportunity just to, like you said, to feel, you know, to feel seen, heard and understood. And uh, just reminding me on this other side of the seat, you know, this, this kid uh, that I interviewed, he goes, anybody going to interview you one day? You know, and, like, and it's funny that he said that because, you know, like, well, actually interviewed a good friend of mine, you know, um, but it's so important that we do that by the testimony of their word, you know, we need to be doing this more. And, um, you know, when you said, I see you, I immediately thought of Avatar. Hmm. Do you remember Avatar? The movie? Yeah. Hmm. Do you remember that? When, when he, when, every time the, 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 the Avatar girl was played by Zoe Zaldana, um, that community, that culture, they always begin before they say anything. Like, I see you. You know, there's something powerful 
and um, and uh, people who aren't used to that feel overwhelmed that you would give somebody that, that you would give them that much attention. Yeah. And again, it's like, what would that look like? And how much more? How much would our lives be affected if we had more of that kind of attention? And um, so, thank you for um, this space and this time to to experience that for myself again. And my heart is full, Savan. You're such a blessing to me, bud. Thank you, man. Thank you so much. Um, as as we wrap things up for today, anything? You, uh, how how do folks uh, uh, connect with you? Well, uh, there's a couple ways. Um, you know, I have a website, you know, it's martintorresjr.com. Um, and there I kind of have all my, you know, a little more detail about myself, uh, more about coaching, my music. Um, Facebook, Martin, T-O-J-R, uh, Instagram. Um, but mostly you find all of that on my website. So it's like one stop, you know, and um, uh, yeah. So whether you yeah. just want to know more about me, yeah, um, yeah that's yeah. where I would. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, if, if you need an Uncle Martin, connect with him uh, on his websites. Everybody needs an Uncle Martin. Um, I don't have Snapchat. I, I, I can't add another app. Um, <laughs> so this is my vote for your, 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 uh, uh, your, your snapchats uh, uh put, put, put them on instagram that's my vote or tiktok because everybody's on instagram and tiktok <laughs> yeah you know yeah i was thinking of that of either doing it like that or on youtube um because i would love to, on on all of them on all of them you know more more more, more uncle martin please <laughs> well i'm glad you said that because now i know for sure i'm supposed to be doing that come on on my heart you know and i'm like should i do that do i feel like other people need to hear this and so you just kind of confirm that do it brother yeah yeah all right thank you we'll we'll, we'll see you on there yeah thanks savan thank you everybody take care be blessed thanks for listening to this episode if you struggle with anxiety or wonder if you struggle with anxiety I'm going to put a link to some more information about anxiety disorder and panic attacks in the show notes. Please like, subscribe, or rate uh, the podcast. And uh, please share with any friends who you think might benefit from listening to it. Thanks for listening to this week's episode.